You're listening to an artist interview from Chirp Radio. You can find more interviews at chirpradio.org slash podcasts. Thanks for joining us. I'm Lee Gomez, and you're listening to a Chirp Radio artist interview. Today we're chatting with Nathan Williams of Waves here at the historic confines of Thalia Hall in Chicago's Pilsen neighborhood. Nathan, can't thank you enough for chatting today, man. How are we doing? Not bad. We're about uh, almost two weeks into the tour. Feeling pretty good. Excited to be in Chicago. Pretty much gathered here tonight to celebrate the 12th anniversary of Waves' uh, seminal album, King of the Beach, uh, King of the Beach tour. Uh, my understanding is that this is supposed to be a 10-year anniversary, but you know, COVID kind of put the kibosh on that. How's the tour been going so far, and what's it been like revisiting the album that really cemented you guys at the forefront of the indie scene? It's been great. I- I'm happy that we are finally getting to do it. Definitely a bummer to have to push it back. It doesn't have the same ring to it, 12-year anniversary, but it's fine. Yeah, it's been going really well. The show's been fun. Uh, and then after this, we go and we do Australia to do the same sort of thing. Favorite place to tour outside of uh, the U.S.? Australia. Australia, for sure? Absolutely. I've never been, but the place looks beautiful when everything's not trying to kill you, right? Yeah. <laughs> Everybody keeps saying that. Is this, is this some reference? Maybe. It, it must, what, what is the reference? It must just be uh, maybe an American uh, thing. I don't know. But it, from, what I, from, my, from what I've learned, it's Africa and Australia. Everything's Everything to is just out to get you. Uh, whether you're in the outback, whether you're in the water. I'm personally more afraid of, of uh, white people with guns. So America scares me more touring. I can deal with a kangaroo trying to punch me. You versus a kangaroo. If the money was on the line, could you take it? Kangaroo minus 190. I like those odds. Excellent. <laughs> uh, well, hey, I mean, yeah, when this album first came out, I mean, it was a ripper of, a, you know, just this amalgamation of garage and surf punk. And given that the album certainly uh, set the trajectory for you guys, uh, looking back at it 12 years later, anything you might change about it, but rather, or rather, if nothing, any advice future Nathan would give past Nathan? That was the first time I had been to a studio to record. And I remember, we were actually, we've been talking about it on this tour. Uh, I remember being nervous, mostly nervous about having my vocals so high in the mix. Because it was like sort of popular at the time in the like lo-fi self-recorded bedroom scene to put your vocal real low, throw a bunch of fuzz or reverb on it. And there was like this thing about me at the time that I couldn't write a song. People thought that it was just like a, a shtick or something. You proved them wrong, right? I guess so, right? But uh, at the time, I remember being like a little bit nervous, like, you know, those things get to you, having never had any attention or people writing or talking about me, really. And I just come off like the Primavera thing, and so people, I felt like, kind of wanted me to fail. But no, I don't think I'd change anything. I think that it ended up being exactly what it was supposed to be. King of the Beach All right, so talking some tracks here in the past, you have expressed some reservations. You know, you talked about, uh, you know, high voice, different lo-fi sounds. You expressed when the album first came out, with regards to tracks meaning, uh, how Green Eyes might have been misperceived from some of your different previous works. And now the ironic part is, I mean, that song is pretty much number two on your guy's Spotify page. Right. So, I mean, while darker in lyrical tone and, you know, the pacing and lo-fi sound went on to be an, an album highlight for sure, what was the inspiration behind that track? And, you know, when making music today, do you still find yourself having the same reservations about things you're looking to release? No, I think probably now I'm a little more comfortable with 
people don't even, th- I mean, you know, we're recording straight up like country songs on Hideaway. And I don't think people even like really batted an eye about it. So I think now it's almost just expected that each time we do a record, it's going to be different than the last, at least like a few of the songs. So that was probably the biggest leap for me. And Green Eyes, the writing, the, you know, the way the song came was the same as all the other songs. I wrote it in my parents' garage. Um, I recorded it on GarageBand first, and I showed the demo to Dennis Herring at the time, um, who was producing the record. And same sort of thing, just like some of the tones. And I thought maybe it was going to be misperceived as something. And I thought maybe it was too poppy or clean or I don't know. Which is so interesting to hear because, I mean, they're definitely, I mean, the album itself opens up, I'd say maybe the first five or six tracks are just, again, just straight, you know, that, that whole beach garage, fast, well, let's have fun aesthetic. And then you get to tracks like uh, Mickey Mouse or Baseball Cards, and that's when things really start to take that poppy route. So to hear that Green Eyes, yeah, is the, the one in your head that there might have been some It's weird because I recorded Mickey Mouse at, in that garage, and then I on on GarageBand, I got an SP550 and programmed it and recorded it with my little brother. And uh, I had like a this Ronette CD and I pulled this little sample, made it the song in a couple hours. And we went into the studio and I explained that I wanted to do this song. And uh, I scrapped what we were doing because it didn't sound like it was going the way that I wanted to. And then I just ended up giving the stems from my garage band to Dennis to run through his board. So really that, you know, Mickey Mouse was produced by me and my brother. And, you know, it's, it doesn't sound dissimilar to Convertible Balloon or, or Baseball Cards or Green Eyes. I don't, I don't know why that Green Eyes in particular stood out to me. Green Eyes, I'd run away with you. from the tracks for a second onto the album cover let's take a minute and talk about snacks the cat let's talk all right so My for boy. those uninitiated snacks was the inspiration for the cartoon cat featured on the king of the beach album art and also the cat of uh, one of the featured artists on the album uh, bethany cosentino given snacks recent passing how'd that idea come to be i mean it, it's a cute cat but the trippy background, the gold chain, the doobie it's holding, it really paints a picture. So It was just basically Snacks sort of dressed up as, as me. I was doing this sort of thing when we, I wrote King of the Beach. I actually wrote King of the Beach while I was in a hotel in uh, Mississippi. Um, it was one of the songs that was written during the recording process. I didn't have a demo for it. Uh, prior to Mississippi, known for their beaches, of course. Yeah, exactly. Um, while I was there, that's where I was recording the record. And uh, Snacks was just sort of a he, like he was around. Me and Beth found him when we had moved into our first apartment together. He was just like a street cat, and so he was sort of like the sort of inspiration for a lot of things. He ended up being like he's like a the mascot. He's sort of like the Waves and Best Coast mascot in a way. So I have a Patreon, and I've been going through these old demos, um, and I found a demo from uh, 11 years ago um, for the album after King of the Beach, this first single, um, Demon to Lean On. And you can hear Snacks meowing in the background because he was, like, always talking when you were recording music. He was like, and and you'd be like, what's up, dude? Do you like that? Or No, that's not good. Should I change that part? One paw for yes, two paws for no. Exactly. Shining in the 
2009, Waves brought on uh, Death Grips and Hella Drummer, extraordinary Zach Hill. Tracks were recorded for an LP called Babes. Even a few singles got released back in the, the days of your, you know, your old blog, Ghost Ramp. They were messier, they are more depressing than anything you guys had released, but also they were pretty great. I gotta ask, are we ever gonna see the Babes LP released? I know you mentioned a Patreon. Yeah, people, I do AMAs on my Patreon, and it's the first question that gets asked every time. I think, like, the idea of the album is, like, bigger than, like, what the album even was now. they It acted as sort of, because it was right between, it was right before King of the Beach got recorded. I had these demos. I had taken some of the demos up to Zach, and we had recorded some of them. Songs like Hula Hoop. There's another one called Goldilocks. For whatever reason, they weren't, I felt like, uh, Horseshoes. That was another one. Sort of just didn't make the cut for King of the Beach. And I don't even remember what the other songs were, really. The, uh, Post Acid, I had recorded with him, but I hadn't written a chorus, which, like, until I got into the studio, the, the chorus was, like, sort of the... That's what makes that whole song. And then I don't really remember the other ones. Baseball Cards, I had recorded. He d- d- obviously didn't drum on it. I, I, I don't know. Probably not. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, if he, was, if he asked me to record something, I don't think we would do any of those old songs. I think we would just probably start, start new. And for this Patreon, do you have a handle or a username you can shout yeah, out there? Yeah, Waves. Folks? Waves? Just yeah, patreon.com slash waves. Um, I actually have released some of the Babe stuff that was unreleased on that Patreon. And uh, B-sides from King of the Beach that were never released. I released a B-side from Afraid of Heights today that was never released. Original demos. The snacks thing I was talking about from Demon Only on is on there. I don't know. If, if he ever reaches out to me and he asks, I, I don't have the songs anymore either. Oh. I don't have those demos. I don't think Zach does either. There was another guy. I think it's... We're going to uh, find him in Prince's vault. Whoever plays um, synth in Death Grips. I, don't, I can't remember what it is. Not his MC Wright and not Zach Hill. No, no, right. no. The, uh, the third. He was gentleman. the one, I think, who was producing Babes at the time. We were in some church in Sacramento. It's a little bit fuzzy. He might have those demos still. But again, like I think maybe we recorded nine songs and it was mid and it was cool, <laughs> like sounded cool. But I think like Cool Jumper was by far the best song and we released that one. So Andy Morin was, I believe, the name Andy of that. Morin. Andy Morin. Andy Morin was the name yep. of that gentleman. Yeah, so. so he was producing it. Excellent. I appreciate your time here, you know, staying in line uh, or the true spirit of King of the Beach. Uh, I'll pose this one last question to you. Myself being from the south side of Chicago, I enjoy myself a nice malt liquor from time to time. Nice 40. Yourself, I, I would deduce maybe the same based off of what we know about the album. Any 40-ounce beverage of choice? Any favorite brand? Personally, I'm a Mickey's guy myself. So a 40 in particular, so it wouldn't be the grenades. When I was younger, I would drink King Cobra. We used to play a game called Edward 40 Hands. Oh, very familiar. Yep. Yeah, and we would do either a Mickey's... Sure. And a King Cobra or a, there's this one called a Bud Dry. I'm going to do a 40 of Bud Dry and a 40 of OE. And we used to do them at my parents' house, actually, in the back. And then uh, my friend Rory couldn't finish his, any pants in, my, in, in the room. And, uh, As most OE stories usually end, yeah. Yeah, uh, it ha- ended up happening a few times. Another friend of mine, Patrick, pissed his pants, too. And so, With that, this has been a Chirp Radio Artist Interview. Yeah, thanks for having me.
This has been an artist interview from Chirp Radio. You can find more interviews at chirpradio.org slash podcasts.